you know when they have those movies like like scary movie scary movie two there's always these roles you have you have the ditzy cheerleader uh you have like the football player you have the nerd i realize now that i was not in any of those categories because i was an athlete i played all the sports people would know me but i was also kind of socially awkward and not good with women in fact i had no women in my life and not really that many friends i didn't get invited to parties so in my free time i would read i had a palm pilot when i was in i think the first time i got it i was in 8th grade or freshman this was like an iphone pre iphone and i would buy books digital books and i would read them on this palm pilot and then I started buying Palm Pilots on eBay and reselling them. I would track prices manually and I would know at the end of the bidding period and I would bid to whatever my reasonable rate was, whatever I think I could resell that for. I did that for a while. I became a uh one of the better sellers. I mean, I had a lot of reviews and that was my high school. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Daniel Rustin. Daniel is the self-proclaimed world's best at Airbnb. And before you laugh or roll your eyes, he's got a pretty solid case for why this title is fitting. Daniel worked at Airbnb for several years. He launched his own Airbnb property management business. He's currently building his own collection of luxury Airbnbs. And he has a plethora of courses, tools, and resources he's built for Airbnb hosts. Oh, and he's spent more than 2,000 nights staying at Airbnbs. So yeah, the dude knows a thing or two about the Airbnb ecosystem. Tune into a riveting conversation on how to optimize your Airbnb business and what Daniel thinks the future of travel and hospitality will look like over the next few years. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Daniel. All right, Daniel, we're live, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Zach. Dude, I'm excited for this chat. I have followed you because you've ranked for like everything. Like anytime I Google like how to find a best Airbnb or Airbnb hacks, uh, you you rank for like all those keywords. And so I, I feel like the first time I encountered you, uh, at least your 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 website content was like two, maybe maybe even like three years ago. Um, so it's fun to it's fun to be chatting now. Yeah, I've got I've got a I've got my my professional website is for hosts and I rank there well and then about two or three years ago I started my personal blog which has like tips for guest for booking as a guest as well so ah. you can find me on both sides both of the, sides of, of the marketplace yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> uh, that's awesome man so uh, to kick to kick us off here um, one of my favorite questions to ask folks just to help listeners get to know you a little bit better is you're at a cocktail party and, and someone asks you who you are and, and what you do. Again, they, they don't want to talk to you all night, right? Your cocktail party, you're supposed to, you're supposed to schmooze. Um, but, but how do you respond to that initial question? How do you, how do you introduce yourself? I'm the best in the world at Airbnb. Full stop. Full stop. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. So, uh, what a, what a strong lead. So unpack that for us. Uh, what does that mean to you? 
Yeah, what that means to me is professionally, what I do is I help Airbnb hosts make more money. And I've given myself this name about a year ago because besides the fact that it's true, I have more perspectives than everyone else. Okay. I've been a guest at Airbnb, so I see it from the company perspective more yeah. than others. Yeah. I've been a, uh, did I say a guest? You I've been an guest. employee. An employee. Okay. So you worked at Airbnb. I've been an employee at Airbnb. Yes, I worked at Airbnb, so I've seen it from that angle. I'm a, I'm in a, I'm in an Airbnb now in Brazil, and I've spent more than two thousand nights Jeez. on Airbnbs, more than ninety cities. I've rented mansions, I've rented shared rooms, everything, cabins, tree houses. So I see it from that perspective, the guest perspective. I've started a property management company. I'm a super host. I help host every day on a worldwide basis. I wrote the best-selling book, so I have more perspective than every Airbnb expert, short-term vacation rental expert in the world yeah. by far. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that's, that's how, that's what I think of uh, best in the world Airbnb means. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a beautiful answer. Yeah. Cause it, you know, I'm thinking I'm like, you know, there's a lot of people that have, that are like, you know, have done the nomad thing. And I, I mean, 2000 nights is impressive. I, I mean, if there's a, there must be a leaderboard at least inside of Airbnb where people can monitor that, but that you, you've got to be like, I don't know. You've got to be in the top, what, 500, maybe even top 100 of uh, people that have stayed. I mean, how many people have stayed more than 2,000 nights on specifically Airbnb? About two or three years ago, Airbnb gave out a $500 or $1,000 gift card to the top, I think, 100 guests. Okay. I did not get that. You did not get that. Okay. Which was a little surprising, but now I've stayed. You know, I've continued in the to last stay. three years staying. But you know, so I'm. It's unlikely that all of those people have. So probably you're probably in the I'm top hundred. Very near the top. Yeah. yeah, 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 dude, that's amazing. Okay, so yeah, so you have that going for you, but then also, yeah, you've got you've got your own uh, business where you're helping other hosts, and then again, you're you're your own. You've got your own property management uh, business as well. So, so yeah, I mean, hey, you know what? While that might sound like super super cocky, you might be right, man. It might be true. You might be the best at at Airbnb. Um, I love it. I it love is. it. <laughs> it is true. It is true. That's amazing, dude. Uh, okay, so uh, Daniel, what like when you were growing up, what what fascinated you as as a kid? Like, where where did most of your attention go? What fascinated me as a kid? Um, wait, let me let me pull up your questions again. You can edit this, <laughs> I guess afterwards, right? I was going through them this morning, and I was thinking like, oh, these are like good questions. I actually, I sat for like 30 minutes just thinking through like, okay, what am I going to answer? Because normally the questions are like, you know, I already have a prepared answer because yeah, yeah, I've yeah. asked them numerous times. Well, dude, hey, I, but, I, I pride myself with, uh, with trying to come up with decently good questions. So that makes me feel good. Appreciate it. One of the questions I get asked a lot from listeners is what they should look for in a PMS or a property management system. Now, we're lucky. There are a lot of great options in the market, which can't be said for software platforms in all industries. That said, I always encourage them to take a good look at Guesty for hosts. And here's why. First of all, Guesty's channel manager helps you centralize data across the major booking platforms and stay on top of all of the activity on your listings without having to hop back and forth between channels such as Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. Second, Guesty's automation tools enable you to ensure you connect with guests in a meaningful, creative, and instant fashion. You can make custom messages for a variety of situations, from a response to an initial inquiry to a post-checkout follow-up encouraging your guests to leave a review. 
Third, Guesty for Hosts includes a website builder feature that allows you to create your own branded booking website in just minutes, allowing you to grow your listing's brand value and increase your direct bookings. And finally, Guesty has raised over $170 million, which means that they've got some serious cash to continue to seriously invest in their product. So here's the deal. If you're an STR host without a PMS system or a host looking to explore a new one, I've got a treat for you. The team at Guesty is giving Behind the Stays listeners and Sponstaneous subscribers 20% off their first year when they use the discount code Sponstaneous at checkout. That's S-P-O-N-S-T-A-Y-N-E-O-U-S, Sponstaneous at checkout. You can get started with a 14-day free trial today. No credit card, setup fee, or commitment required, and you can cancel anytime if you don't love it. Once your 14-day free trial is up, use the discount code SPONTANEOUS for 20% off your first year. Guestie for hosts. It's the bestie of top-rated STR superhosts. And the reason I like asking this question, too, is because one of the one of my like one of just I'm always interested in like who how how did how do people that are successful today like how did they start out like were they watching TV for you know 24 hours a day like some kids or or were they you know building something or tinkering something like some people I've talked to like they figured out their parents password to their eBay account and they started like selling their own shit on eBay right like you you find some I feel like it's a good question to draw out a little bit more about the personality behind the behind the successful individual that's actually that's actually one of the things I was thinking about and I was going to talk about is I used to buy and resell Palm Pilots on eBay Palm Pilots (laughs) yeah Palm Pilots that's amazing that's amazing um so when I was a kid, I, I, b- basketball was my thing to be to in the normal world. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, as I get older, I realize I'm, I'm very strange in many aspects, but in this aspect, I was rather normal. Basketball was my sport. I played basketball. I was very good in basketball. I even slept with a basketball. Really? At a period. Uh, yeah. I slept with a basketball. When I was in high school, I would go every single day after school and practice basketball. And I would ensure my left hand was dirtier than my right hand. Cause I'm right-handed. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so that would mean I was dribbling more yeah. with the left hand. Um, that was, that was that side of things. And I, and that was great. I was, I was super into basketball. And then on my personal side, like you know when they have those movies, like like scary movie, scary movie two. There's always these roles you have. You have the ditzy cheerleader, uh, you have like the football player, you have the nerd. I realize now that I was not in any of those categories because I was an athlete. I played all the sports. People would know me, but I was also kind of socially awkward and not good with women. In fact, I had no women in my life and not really that many friends. I didn't get invited to parties. So in my free time, I would read. I had a Palm Pilot when I was in, I think the first time I got it, I was in eighth grade or freshman. This was like an iPhone, pre-iPhone. And I would buy books, digital books, and I would read them on this Palm Pilot. And then I started buying Palm Pilots on eBay and reselling them. I would track prices manually and I would know at the end of the bidding period, seven or 10 or 14 days, I forget, maybe even 30 days. And I would bid to whatever my reasonable rate was, whatever I think I could resell that for. I did that for a while. I became a uh, one of the better sellers. I mean, I had a lot of reviews and <laughs> that was my high school. Oh shoot, you know what else I did? Tell me. Um, 
I would go to, these were all solo activities. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to parties or anything, but one thing I did and was pretty successful with this would have, that would have the, the, the Palm Pilots was like freshman, sophomore, junior year, okay. junior and senior year. When I had a car, I would go around to uh, garage sales okay, and I would buy used CDs okay. for nothing. And I would bring them to, I think it was called tower music, the music stops. And I would sell them back these CDs <laughs> and I would make, you know, on my Friday, on my Saturday and Sunday, I would drive, drive around to all these, all these places, buy a bunch of CDs. And then I would sell them. I would go to a few of these stores because sometimes one news music stop shouldn't buy them, didn't buy them, but another did. And so I would make uh, you know, a few hundred bucks every weekend doing that. That's amazing. That's what, that's like, Oh God, I, I love people like you, dude. Uh, so <laughs> Uh, what did you did you grow up in? You said your family's in in San Francisco. Did you grow up in in the San Francisco San Francisco like Bay Area? I was born and raised in Redwood City, okay. which is exactly in the middle of San Francisco and San Jose on the peninsula there. Okay, okay, awesome. And so, at what point in time do you decide? Because it sounds like okay, you're a hustler, you're you're a tinkerer, you're you're building cool stuff while you know other high schoolers are acting as degenerates and, and whatnot like in the grand scheme of things you didn't mess you didn't miss much but like what um at, w- at what point in time do you decide like you you really like airbnb because I, I i you know i've followed you for a little bit so i read your blog uh i read your like timeline uh and i refreshed my mind on it uh last night and the first time you you try to get a job at airbnb and like you like didn't get a job but then like you you kept hustling or whatever and then you you ended up ultimately like working there so like what's what's the story there i was 2012 i'm an accountant cpa working at a public accounting firm okay and it's this uh, december 2012 if i didn't say that january is busy season for these companies i did it two times and this time i just had an epiphany i quit i didn't have another job lined up i we had two weeks off between yeah. christmas and new year's we had two weeks off and i just quit I said, I said, I, I'm not doing this. Um, I quit. And it was a, it was probably a good idea that I quit. Uh, well, nowadays I could definitely say it was a good idea, but, um, with that, I was, uh, in January, I was doing my job search. I'm very analytical. So I researched a whole bunch of companies, startups, this and that. And what actually did it was one day I was making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for breakfast. And my roommate comes in and he says, he says, Hey, you, you heard about this company called air bed and breakfast. And I was like, Nope, what is it? And he told me, and immediately it clicked for me. Like, um, honestly, like with your website, yeah. some things just click. Yeah. I, I, he told me just the basics about Airbnb cause he didn't know. And I said, that's, that's going to be a, that's my type of company. That's going to be a good company. So, um, I, and I was thinking of it as a guest at that time. I was like, Oh, that's how I like to travel. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I eventually listed my couch on Airbnb, but that's, that's later on down this, down the road, down the timeline. Just your couch. I got it, just my couch. Yeah. We, we eventually listed both of the couches actually, but one, <laughs> you know, that, that, that was a little, little too much. We, we had a mom and her daughter book the couch one day. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mom and her daughter, uh, city trip. Um, that's crazy. So I interviewed at Airbnb in the accounting department. They, uh, they said no. They said no the first time, but I stayed in touch and mm. I'm good at, I, I think at least I'm good at interviewing and networking in certain realms. And so 
I stayed in touch and four or five months later, a different job in the same department came open. I, I interviewed like 18 times. Jeez. They must not have been sure about me, I think, <laughs> but I eventually convinced them. They hired me and I started working and yeah, that's how I got there. Wow. Okay. And so that must've been like, like, give us, give us a sense of like timeline, like what was happening in, in the context of the company. Cause right. You know, Airbnb, I feel like in, especially in the last like four years, maybe five years has like exploded. Right. Where it's like, it's, it's, you know, totally mainstream. Like my, my, my grandma stays in Airbnbs. Right. Whereas five years ago, I don't even know that she like had heard of the company or knew what it was. So, and I think, you know, COVID was this kind of weird thing where like, it was like really hard, but then it was like actually really good for the company. So like, give us a sense of like when you were there, what was, where was the company at? Like, you don't necessarily need to talk about valuation, but just like roughly like, where was it at? What was, what problems were you all tackling? Had you, had you been, had you gone like totally mainstream yet? Or, or give us just a sense of what the, the culture of the time looked like. Well, I think it's interesting to talk about valuation because here I am working at this giant $10 billion company. Yeah. It's a giant company. Yeah. But people in San Francisco don't even know what it is. I remember <laughs> going to the gym. I went to the gym in San Francisco and they said, you know, that conversation comes up, what do you do? Who do you work for? I work at Airbnb. And they're like, oh, cool. Like, you know, they could, they didn't know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> and I would get things ordered to the office every now and then. And I, and I would have to say like, uh, what's it, you know, okay. A I R B and B. So we were still a giant company, yeah. but unknown, even in the San Francisco where it's head. And by the way, for the viewers who don't know, they're headquartered in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even in San Francisco, no one knew about it. You know, Lyft Uber drivers in San Francisco didn't even know about it. And some people, you know, say Airbnb is the Uber of short-term rentals. So yeah. That was interesting. Um, and then I was at there at an interesting time because um, they, while I was there, they got to a point where they hit that tipping point and everyone started recognizing them. There was no, there was no um, drama when I got there cause no one knew about them. And then people started attacking them. Oh, you're taking homes away. You're making people uh, homeless. Yeah, yeah. New York city came after them and everybody started fighting New York city. So by the time I got there and then I left, Airbnb was much more well-known, but not so much on a positive side yeah. um, because of just how they were portrayed in the media. And it, even though it's not true, it's a very, it's a very sellable story. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Dude. What, I mean, what a cool time, right. To go work for, cause you, you know, you were at a, a public company before, obviously this is before Airbnb went public and now you joined this startup who again, like had a decent valuation, but like, it was also still was very much still kind of a, a David taken on a Goliath, right? In, in, in with respect to wow, can we reinvent and reimagine the way that people that people travel? Um, and yeah, there were there were several years I feel like, and I, I'm sure this is this is still the case now. I feel like I hear about it a little bit less, but there were several years where I felt like there was only negative press about Airbnb, um, and there was there there were just a lot of haters, uh, and it, it seems like that's that's transitioned at least, at least somewhat. Yeah. There was one time where I was doing some kind of a festival on the street. Airbnb had a setup there. And I remember, I don't know if it happened numerous times. At least it was at least one time some lady was walking by and she like yelled at me or gave me the thumbs down or something. There was some kind of a negative experience because she thought Airbnb was ruining the world. So <laughs> she was one of those people, you know, brainwashed 
uh, getting their news from one source and whatever yeah. they say she thinks. Yeah. So yeah. That was um, interesting. Cause I was like sitting there like, well, you know, the, the data just says Airbnb is not at all doing this. What's doing this is like the rent control and the, inv- the Chinese investors or any investors coming in and buying properties and not renting them like Airbnb. There's, there's, um, I forget. It was like, there was something like 10,000 Airbnbs at the height of Airbnbs in San Francisco. Yet there was like 500,000, um, uh, units available for rent. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. even if all of those were being taken away from otherwise long-term rentals, that makes up 0.5%, which <laughs> yeah. is nothing. Yeah. So yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's super interesting. Was there like a, was there a lesson or, uh, some, something interesting that happened during your time at Airbnb that you, that you have like used or, or that, you know, taught you something about business or, or about life that to this day, you, you will always go back and, and remember, oh, th- you know, I learned this at Airbnb. Oh, well, mm, this is an interesting question because I just really recently thought about this. Mm. I actually made it, I, I actually made a little TikTok video on it. It's one of those like life advices that you can fit into 50 seconds. Yeah. Like, oh, this is, this will probably be like a good TikTok. And so I, I have on my personal website, Danny Boo Boo, it's called, I have, it's a blog and I, and I write a lot. I've got, I don't know, hundred articles on there and I have, you know, 500 articles that are not published, just ideas and whatnot. And I have this one article saying like advice, life advice, employment advice to younger Danny. Mm. And but I never, it was like a title only. I didn't know what to say there, but it was like, you know, going back, I was an accountant. Yeah, fine. But I didn't like it, but I was like, well, what would I've done anyways? How would I know? And I came up with that and looking back on it, I probably hated is the right word accounting. I just hated it. I just didn't like it at all. But at the time I didn't know that when I was at Airbnb, I didn't know that great company, great team, great accounting team, loved the product, but I was still doing accounting. Yeah. So the advice that I learned through my time working at Airbnb and other traditional jobs is that if I would go back, I would tell myself, look, if you cannot be the best in whatever you're doing, the best account, or at least towards the top, then you're not on the right path. You're not doing the right thing. That's a good one. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. I feel like there's there's a lot of people, especially if you're entrepreneurial in nature, where like you want 
you, you if you're gonna if you're gonna take a risk and you're really gonna put yourself out there and you you have six like you you want to be oriented towards success you at least need to be shooting for that you might not ever be the best right but but that has to be like the direction and the trajectory and if you realize along the way that you know what i don't even have a fighting chance of being in like the top you know 10 percent here it's it's probably worth pursuing a different path yeah, agreed. Yeah, the 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 it's on the feeling. Do I feel like I could be the best? Yeah, and I, yeah. if you feel like you can, you probably can. You know, maybe that's going too far. But I knew I was never going to be the best in accountant. I didn't want to be the best accountant. In all my free time, I had no interest in doing accounting. When I worked from home, I didn't work at all. And so, if I knew that back then, you know, it's easier said than done because they they were paying me pretty well, and it would, society said it was a good job. But you know, I do also believe if you can just be the best in whatever you're doing, doors will open. So I want to hear the story of founding Bellow and optimize my my BNB. So at, at what point in time you're at Airbnb, you decide, hey, you know what, probably not going to be the best accountant that there ever is. Maybe I want to go do something else. What? How do you decide to like leave Airbnb and and why <laughs> do you decide to go and and found uh, a property management company? Well, I didn't leave Airbnb. I was oh, you fired. didn't? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you were fired. Oh, I thought you said you were hired. You were fired. <laughs> okay. I was I was both hired and fired at Airbnb. <laughs> um, and they actually hired me back after they fired me. They hired me in more of a sales type role. Okay. Recruiting hosts in the local San Francisco market. And I became, I was number one in everything. Nights booked, revenue earned, wow. listings signed up. Uh but so yeah, it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't me. Unfortunately, I wish I could say yeah, it was me. I understood that I just wasn't the be- going to be the best accountant, and I and I quit and I did something else. But no, that's not what happened. That's not at all what happened. <laughs> but I connected when I got fired. Yeah. At that same time, Airbnb internally was running a promotion. Okay. They said oh, every every employee here, you can earn five hundred dollars Airbnb credit if you refer a host in San Francisco. They will get 500 bucks and you will get 500 bucks. Wow. And so when I heard this, I was like, what? I'm definitely going to spend some time doing this. And I became, I sold uh, more in the company than the entire company by three times. <laughs> I, re- I recruited more, thir- like 36 hosts. The Jeez. next best was like 10. Jeez. And so I left the company with $15,000 Airbnb credit. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> and then through that process, I connected with a property manager. Okay. Uh, she was doing, she was a small company, but doing her own thing. We connected. And so I started working there after Airbnb. Pretty much it was a smooth Airbnb started at the property management company. Uh, it was nerve wracking, made a whole lot less, um, was working from home, was doing my own thing, didn't have any, you know, people, anybody telling me what to do, but I thrived there tremendously mm. being mm. my own boss, being more entrepreneurial, setting up deals with laundromats and hiring out a team, right? Redid the entire website. And so after about a year uh, doing that, I was actually considering, and, and me and the owner was discussing me getting some equity. Okay. It didn't work out, um, as I assume most of the time doesn't work out, because I thought my value was greater than the value she thought. And so for that reason, it didn't work out. And so I started my own Airbnb property management company, and it was called, it is called Bela. And so I was, I went full steam on that for about two months. Okay. 
until I went to Airbnb Open in Los Angeles. I think that was 2016. Which is what? Like a, a big event or something? Airbnb Open was supposed to be uh, every year um, on a different continent every year. It was supposed to be an event for hosts. Okay. And then it was supposed to be an event for hosts and guests. Uh, large conference, annual large conference, like Salesforce. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Like, like they, Dreamforce. Yeah. yeah. Like Dreamforce. Exactly. That just disappeared with zero communication to anyone. Huh. So a little s strange, but anyways, um, when I went there, you know, there was problems with the Airbnbs. I had to call people and fix things. And I realized I just knew I don't want to do this. It's going to be too much work. Yeah. And so I pivoted to optimize my Airbnb, which was analyze my Airbnb at the time. And I sold the first one for, five bucks and it caught and it took me 45 minutes nowadays i sell them for upwards of eight hundred dollars wow and yeah i i basically trend, i kept on belo so nowadays i still have belo but okay. what i do is i use it as more marketing i only have five listings at one time okay. never more than five and, okay and usually like three or four and i test my current strategies out i see what's working and what's not and um and that's that's how I do that's how I do Belo and then optimize my BNB that when I started up right around the same time and I that was that's fully online doing the YouTube writing blog posts, etc. And that was in it was it was it basically um, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging because I'm super grateful, but it was a success from the first month from the, the first promotion I ran people paid me 99 bucks. Wow. The first professional promote, not really professional, but I had a connection with Airbnb guide, I think it was called. And I ran a promotion with them and I sold a few and someone paid me, I think it was 99 bucks at that point. And I was just like, wow, this is crazy. And you, 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 what exactly were you selling? You were selling like an audit essentially like, Hey, I'm going to do an audit of your listing and then give you a bunch of like thoughts on how to improve it. Or, or what was the product that people were buying? Yeah, that's exactly what they were buying. Okay. I'm going to analyze your Airbnb, your yep. public listing as a guest, and I'm going to tell you how to make it better from, yep. a, from a, you know, how to make it more appealing to the guest. And so if you, and then that was, that was, I think that was, that was August. That was August. And then if you fast forward to January, I earned, I think it was like $11,000. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. You know, um, this is great. So then I, through a series of conversations also, I thought about like, okay, I don't need to leave in, live in San Francisco anymore. Um, and I did, a, I did a trip in Australia. I lived as a guest on Airbnbs. And then I moved back to San Francisco, sold my stuff, became a minimalist, which I still am today, and then started traveling ever since the uh, middle of 2017. Wow. Wow. So you've been on the road, like literally like living in a different short-term rental or Airbnb since 2017. Yeah. Wow. Dude, so how many countries have you been to? 34 or 35. Jeez. Okay. Wow. I don't really, but I don't count it. I, I prefer saying how many cities I've been to. Okay. Because yeah. 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 You've, you know, it's just, um, and I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't go to a country to say I've been to that country. All the countries I've been to have been organic. I'm going there for a reason. Yeah. I'm not at all interested in getting 50 countries. Don't care. Yeah. Um, but I do like to really get to know a city. I stay there for a month. And then if I like that city, I go to a country, I like the city, I'll go back to the country and go to a different city. So now I'm in Brazil. I went to Rio first, and then I went to Sao Paulo. 
And I also visited Brasilia. Now I'm in Bello Horizonte, which is the fifth largest. Wow. Um, and, you know, they have different, similar, but also it depends on the country. You know, northern Brazil is very different than southern Brazil. Yeah, yeah. So talk to us about the book that you wrote. The book I wrote was, and I'll, I'll, I'll put myself on record here with you first. Um, at the end here, but the, the, the first version of the book to give you a leading indicator was written in 2017, published in 2018. Okay. And I just, I did it because looking back on it, I've always been a writer. I've, I've kept a journal, like a personal journal since I was in seventh grade, if you can believe that. And I've written <laughs> in it consistently. Wow. So almost more than 20 years. Um, is it just like a di- is it basically like a here's what I'm thinking about or is it like do you do prompts like what like what kind of journalist are you? It's what I'm thinking about things that are happening in okay. my life. It's very therapeutic. Yeah, it lets, yeah, yeah. It out, it's a different way of thinking about things. Helps yeah. me come up with solutions, etc. Yeah. And so um, Chip Connolly, which do you, I'll just ask you if anyone would know it would be you. I don't think you do. That's why I, I want to start with this. Do you know who Chip Connolly is? I don't know. Okay. And nobody does and nobody does, <laughs> but Chip Connolly was a executive at Airbnb, worked very closely with Brian Chesky and okay. is the founder of Joie de Vivre hotel boutique hotels, which is also not giant, but you, maybe, you know, that some people do, most people don't. Okay. But because of who he was and the position he was and the interaction I had with him, I thought he was um, like a bigger character than he actually was. Okay. And so I reached out to him and I said, Hey, do you, would you write the foreword for my book? And he said, yes. And for me, I thought, oh, it's going to be a success. Yeah. If I get him to write the foreword, it's going to be a success. Um, he ended up pulling out and not writing the foreword, though he did give me a nice quote. And I included that on the cover. Okay. But like I said, no one, that was what made me fin- really focus and finish the book is because he said that I thought it would be a success because of him. Yeah. Um, it turns out that wasn't at all true, which is great. It, it's done fantastically well and it's ultimate passive income. Um, and I am now gearing up to write a revision. Okay. So who are you going to ask to do the forward this time? I'm not sure. <laughs> this, this, is a, this is a very new thought. Like I, the, uh, the idea just came to me. Okay, it is time. I'm going to be redoing my website as well. I'm going to be creating a course and I'm going to be redoing the book. So it'll be like three or four months of really intense work. Yeah. But I think it'll be it'll be uh, worth it. And no, I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure. Maybe uh, I don't know. And Maybe the book won't be one. and the book is optimize my my BNB. That's the title of the book. No, the the book is optimize your your Airbnb. your yeah. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. Wow. And so when you know over over the course of the last several years, like you've you've done a lot of different things, right? Like you have Balo, you've got optimize my BNB. You work with clients. You do these audits, like. You, as you've said, you're the best at Airbnb. You've, uh, throughout this entire experience, also just been staying and living, really, in, in Airbnbs. So I'm curious, like, what what have you learned along the way with respect to kind of, like, marketing tactics? Like, what, what are some things as you've run different tests on your own portfolio, as you've just, like, analyzed the hell out of uh, other host listings, whether it's headline copy or, you know, the, the about description or, you know, keyword, like, what, what what from your perspective has been like some of the most influential, some of the most successful tweaks and or marketing tactics that you've implemented along the way that have yielded uh, good results and, and, and success? The, the, the 
the like elevator pitch I can say here, which is um, one of my one of my quotes is mismanaged expectations results in negative reviews. Mm. The only reason you're going to get negative reviews is because of mismanaged expectations. A guest goes to um, uh, I was just in uh, Dominican Republic and I booked a a more luxury apartment, about 40% more than what the other ones went for. Okay. And I got there and the shower head was all busted. It just kind of came over from, you know, and I was like, well, this isn't, you know, it's not the end of the world, but it's not luxury. I was yeah. expecting something different. In addition, the hot water would change. You know, I had to move every 30 seconds. The hot water, it would go from screaming hot to really cold, screaming hot. You know, <laughs> like this isn't. There was some other things as well. You know, the electricity went off a few times in the apartment. Fine, it's a third world country. You know, I have an apartment in Airbnb. I also use that as an excuse. Yeah. You know, oh, it's a third world country. Sorry, the 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 water's off. The electricity's off. But the host didn't inform me of any of this. If mm. the host informed me and said, hey, the electricity uh, will go off every now and then. We have a backup generator, just so you know. Um, you know, the hot water, There's the building is having hot water issues, Yeah. Uh, just so you know. I was in um, Madrid, and there I had a balcony looking over Puerto del Sol, which is the main plaza. But when I got there, there was uh, siding on the front. And so the uh, whole, I couldn't open the, damn. you know, yeah. and that's like a big deal. It is. It's <laughs> so a it's, huge yeah. deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, that would be that, that, you know, that applies to everything. Check yeah. in, check out, stays the listing description. Um, yes. But I mean, there's, it's hard. There's so much. There's so much. I love that, that though. I, I I mean, I honestly, I feel like that's something that I haven't heard enough of on this show as I've talked to folks who have, you know, uh, some, some folks have several hundred, right? Like uh, Airbnbs that are part of their portfolio. And I think this is the first time I've, I've heard someone say in such a concise fashion that like, it's all about expectations, right? Like if, if you've set really good expectations if people know what they're getting into you're not going to get a bad you know review it's when folks get into a situation and something is surprising and they've just dished out all of this cash and you know money is also it is also so relative depending on who you are like if you're a traveler you've been saving up for this you know trip to the Dominican Republic for 2 years and the first thing like you, you you know you you balled out right you went with the lux apartment and if you're like you know a, a family and you're you're bringing everybody there and then you have a shitty shower head and knowing and it's freezing right like people that that ruins your trip or you know it, it at least like puts a damper on it right and so people travel for so many different reasons people are you know people view money in so many different ways that i think it's especially important right as as a host if you're in the hospitality business if there's a anything that could possibly go wrong at least make sure people know ahead of time right this is the situation and then it's on them then it's on you right if you still book and then the shower you you, you still complain about the shower hat that's on you man like I, I i told you ahead of time you're a kick-ass airbnb host in fact you've done such a great job at marketing your short-term rental on instagram that you're pretty much entirely booked for the next six to twelve months and while it doesn't happen regularly, every so often there's a cancellation or just one random three-night window of availability in the middle of the week. Now, posting about the fact that you've had a cancellation or that you've got just three nights left in February on your Instagram story is a great start, but what if you could automatically notify interested guests the second a cancellation comes through? And that's where Ping comes in. 
Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and integrates with your Airbnb listing and allows your fans and followers to sign up to be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked for the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out this simple form and will be pinged if their requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which allows you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping, it's what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. Sign up for free at www.bnbping.com. Ping. Brought to you by Spontaneous. You want to hear hear a funny story regarding this this topic? Expectations. Please, please. <laughs> it just happened to me. So uh, I I have my Airbnb in Colombia, Medellin, Colombia, and I have windows, customized windows on the front. They open all the way up. And one of the guests, uh, you know, and the place that I have, you saw it. It's. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's freaking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. People go there to have a good time, stay up late, party. That's what they go to Medellin anyways for. And I understand that. So at 4 a.m., um, the guest uh, somehow or the guest's guests, I don't know, ripped off the front windows. They fell to the ground. Jeez. Yeah. So I already had, they're checking out the next day. So I already have guests coming in. So I message setting expectations, right? Yeah. Okay. Now we don't have a front window. <laughs> so I, have to, I have to set those expectations. So I, I, I message the guest and I say, hey, this happened. Uh, I'm getting it worked on. But as you can imagine, it's a bigger deal than just, I don't think I get it fixed in two days when you arrive. Yeah. So um, that's fine. The guest, I, I told the guest, I said like, look, you can cancel or you can um, keep your reservation. You yeah. Know? But, but you won't have the front windows. Okay. They kept the reservation. Upon checkout... Um, oh, you know what? No, this guy actually booked last minute. He booked last minute and okay. I messaged him and I said, Hey, the wind, I said the same thing. Hey, the window oh, just, yeah, yeah. just literally happened yesterday. Yeah. Um, so he was aware of it. So he, when he checks out, he complains to Airbnb and says, um, you know, the front windows weren't accessible. So I'd like a partial refund. And I was like, uh, well, I get that it's true. They were not accessible, but, um, it just happened upon this day and they booked the same day for the next day. And so I, you know, I set their expectations right away. I gave them option to cancel. They decided to stay. It's, you know, it's not ideal, but they understood what they were getting into. Yeah. Airbnb was like, no, nope, you got to refund them uh, money. And I was like, well, I, you know, I've already got a resolution request like in your system. There's nothing more I could have done <laughs> yeah. besides the reservation, which would have been like a even worse guest experience. Yeah. So I'm not sure what else you want me to do. I'm just going to add that to the resolution request. Yeah. Then what, what the, the missing revenue, which they still haven't paid out. So Airbnb host, I have a video coming out today. If you've submitted a resolution request, go check it because Airbnb likes to delay to a point where you just kind of forget about it. Mm. That's what I did. I forgot about it. And then in September, I was like, wait, what whatever happened? happened? What, what happened to that? And I go and it's like, oh, they're still reviewing it. Oh, okay. Well, I submitted my requirements within 24 hours every time. Like you told me, and now you're having two months to review 
So anyways. Dude, I love that. I can't, I can't wait to watch that video. Uh, I think that's a huge point of friction for, for many of the folks listening in. Um, I, I got two final questions for you, man. Um, one is just around, given who you are, right? You've, you've traveled the world. You've spent thousands, literally, of nights staying uh, at, uh, at Airbnbs. What, what, what sort of like hot takes do you have about, about the future of, of travel? And actually I'll just, I'll just combine these two questions into one, you know, hot takes on the future of travel and also just the future of like the hospitality, like industry, like what, from your perspective, um, are, are we in for over the next several years? Okay. Well, travel has changed a lot over the decades. Hospitality has not. Mm. Hospitality. I'll talk about travel first. Travel nowadays, people travel when they feel safe. I mean, a lot of people don't travel. You know, ask my parents, ask a lot, you know, maybe your parents as well. A lot of parents, they don't travel except maybe, you know, to like resorts in Mexico or if they're feeling really crazy to like an all-inclusive resort in Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you happen to be in Jamaica, you know, it's a little more humid, but you're, you know, and, and there's the a beach in front of you, but you're in all-inclusive, there's security, um, and you're hanging out with Americans. But that's safe, mm. okay? So people do that because it's safe. People travel when it's safe, when they feel safe. Now, the difference, even though we're supposedly living in the most peaceful time in all of history, the difference is when back back in the day if there was an issue in russia and i lived in america it wouldn't affect my travel decisions at all because that has nothing to do with me yeah but nowadays if there's an issue on the other side of the world even if it still doesn't have anything really to do with you you still feel stress and anxiety mm. the world's going to blow yourselves up um and so there's a lot of these conflicts going on all over the world and yeah. so it seems very dangerous to people it just seems very dangerous leaving your country also it's in it's in, in you know the individual government's uh, objective to make their country seem very safe and yeah. outside seem very unsafe yeah so that's you know that's where travel will go if it if things feel safe people will travel more if mm. things don't feel safe if there's another pandemic people will travel a lot less mm. um and as it relates to hospitality hospitality like i said hospitality has basically been the same since we became humans hospitality is hospitality are you a good host or you're not a good host you know yeah. There's basics, like if you compare Motel 8 to the Ritz-Carlton, um, Motel 8 is in the hospitality business. They're providing a bed that's not terribly uncomfortable, uh, silence at yeah, night. Yeah. The roof probably isn't leaky, maybe some kind of entertainment, a pool or a TV. Um, that's hospitality. And then if you take it up a level, you know, uh, Ritz-Carlton knows what kind of tea you like in the morning and will come in, you know, knock on your door or to wake you up or what, whatnot. They know you by name. They know you, you know what kind of newspaper you like. So there's a whole, a whole swath of yeah. different kind of hospitality. Same with Airbnb. You don't have to be a good host. You know, you don't have to be tremendously hospitable to be a good host to be a host on Airbnb, um, depending on the market you're at. So the the interesting thing about Airbnb though is that they have. Um, Airbnb is good for the guest. It's, it's good for the guest, and Airbnb does that by design. So in the past, like when I was a college student, for example, it wasn't travel, but same kind of idea. It was known that the, 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 that the property management company would just keep your security deposit 
at the at the end. They would just keep it. And a, a totally unrelated story. I, I sued my landlords when I was in college. I won, <laughs> and they offered me to be their property manager. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. They, yeah, they like charged us for a shoe on the rooftop. You know, they charged us to re to to clean and then repaint the walls. So, anyways. Um, but that's really bad uh, host uh, guest experience. Yeah. You know, if a guest books on air, uh, you know, on direct. Um, actually, I just I try. <laughs> I the first time I always book on Airbnb, but I was in uh, I was booking in Guadalajara, and the host. Um, I forget if there wasn't a lot of options or this one I really wanted, or there was maybe like a lot of fees and extra. So this host was like, uh, you know, sent me his phone number that way. And, and we, I was going to book with him um, offline. Yeah. And I almost got ripped off. Jeez. In fact, I, I should have got ripped off, but I, I pulled a little um, switcheroo thing at the end and it worked out. But what happened was he, after I paid him, he sent me the address and I was like, uh, excuse me, this is not the address because when I was on Airbnb map, I wanted this neighborhood. You are in this neighborhood. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's all good. It's over here. And I was like, I want a refund. Yeah. I want to stay there. Yeah. I'll stay there. And then he just blocked me. Jeez. So, um, that, you know, so, so, um, so wait, how did you get, how did you get the refund then? So how do I get the refund? It's actually really simple, but in the time, you know, I I actually sat down. I was like, "What can I do?" Because I had already sent yeah the money whatever the amount whatever the amount of money was yeah. So what I did is um, I called around banks and things, but eventually what I did was all I did was withdraw all the money from my bank account. So ah uh, went to go yeah. cash it or or like complete the Venmo transaction or whatever. There was nothing there. Exactly. Uh. So, <laughs> not a re- really simple, simple solution. But um, That's anyways, it, it worked. Uh, so um, I kind of got got off track a little bit. But there's different types of hospitality. Uh, hospitality and Airbnb makes hospitality makes it more front and center yeah. with your reviews, etc. If you're a host, you know you could just recreate a direct booking website or whatnot and, and scam the guest over and over because you're just going to get a bunch of new guests, anyways. Um, but yeah, the, the best, you know, hospitality is expensive and it's time consuming. Like I try and be very hospitable. I offer guests, uh, free beverages in the fridge. I offer them airport transit. I offer, if they want to check in early or check out late, they want to store their luggage. I have a concierge English speaking there. Um, I provide different things. So there's a lot that goes into it. And I don't think that Airbnb really rewards you so much. Mm. I just had a guest, a negative review because they wanted a refund Mm. And it's like for how much I put out into this, you yeah. know, I honestly, I shouldn't even get one negative review. And luckily I got 55 positive five star before that. But anyways, that's the future of hospitality. There won't be any change in it. it there, there will be good hosts and bad hosts. And um, it's the, the, the guest's job to uh, figure that out. And you know, there'll be probably more material. I think also that, that the trend is going to go towards direct booking. Yeah. So Airbnb has created the market. People know this short-term thing exists. You don't yeah. have to sleep on someone's couch. You can sleep in a house. Now it will go back towards direct booking, whether that's agents or Google vacation rentals, et cetera. Yeah. Or, or you even just having like, like you've, once you've, uh, you know, done one, well, you get another property, get another couple of properties. And then pretty soon, like people are almost like subscribing to, or like when they go to travel, like they want to go to Daniel's Airbnbs because they're like, no, like I know I can expect this kind of experience. It's almost like 
you're able to build your own brand um, and then you can hopefully be able to translate that brand if you want across you know an array of properties and I I feel like that's kind of what a lot of the smarter folks that I talk to uh, in the short-term rental space are doing right now is like they're essentially building these like micro brands around even if it's only a couple properties and then trying to define like what is an experience like at my place right like regardless of any you know of Daniel's places you go to you can expect these three things Things. You know, uh, an English speaking concierge travel to and from the airport and beverages in the, you know, in the refrigerator, whatever it is. And I think like that is that that'll be, I think, the thing that distinguishes sort of average stays from like exceptional stays will be what are sort of the what is the experience that you're going to design around the place? Because at the end of the day, it's still a house. It's still a bedroom. It's still a bed. Right. So how can you augment that experience with with you know, things that are much more personal in order to be able to, you know, upcharge and or and or just kind of deliver, deliver a more, you know, luxurious or it doesn't even need to be more luxurious, but just a unique experience. Yeah. And if you want to put, you know, more um, something more concrete to it, do things it, it do things that would get you a repeat guest or mm. a word of mouth referral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That depends on the market as well. I, I am in a market where there are a lot of repeat guests. Guys come back to Medellin yearly or sometimes more more than that so it works where i'm at for sure but if you're not this you know these people who you were mentioning probably have looked into the market and made sure there are repeat guests yeah. business travelers whatnot but for it doesn't work for everybody because there's so much you know a host could host for five years and never get a repeat yeah guest exactly where they're at exactly yeah. exactly well dude this has been great man i uh, am just super thankful for your time and everything that you've done for the last several uh, years for for the industry the content that you put out huge fan of of what you're doing um and we'll have links to your youtube channel your instagram your website all that fun stuff in the in the show notes below but is there like a preferred method that you like wish if folks who are tuning in today want to either, you know, stay at your place and or just like learn a little bit more about you and, and maybe even, you know, uh, sign up to be notified when your course is released. What's what's kind of the, your preferred way for folks to, to get in touch? Yeah, there's well, the, the the Airbnb that we mentioned, it's called the Belmonte Penthouse. You can type in just Belmonte Penthouse on Google and my Instagram, YouTube, Airbnb listing website will pop up and you can keep your eye on that and the different strategies that I'm trying out. You can, you can have a look at the title and the description, the photo layout. Uh, apart from that, I encourage people to go to my YouTube. Okay. I just upgraded my camera and my mic and I've got a whole new YouTube strategy going on. If you want to sign up for my newsletter at the top of every YouTube video, you'll have a link to do that. And any kind of content that you want, on vacation rentals or Airbnbs, a little hack is also you, you could just type in what you're thinking about, like, you know, responding to negative reviews, whatever it is, and then add on like Airbnb or and or optimize at the end. And my content videos and blogs, etc., on various different platforms will probably come up first. Nice. On Google. Nice. Awesome, man. Well, hey, and we'll link to your Airbnb uh, and obviously uh, your YouTube, all that fun stuff in the show notes below. So if you just want, if you don't want to remember how to do all that, just scroll on down to the show notes and uh, there'll be a plethora of links there. Sir, thank you so much for your time, man. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. 
Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at Spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're gonna roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.